You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Dogman Radio. I'm Scott Eklund, and I hope you're having a great start to your Sunday morning. Um, I hadn't planned on doing a second one of these so soon, but uh, with all that went on yesterday, uh, I just felt like it was a good opportunity to update you guys on some things without writing out too much for you on the message boards. Um, as I noted in yesterday's episode, this is not going to replace what I do for Monday morning recruiting blogs. So you'll see that on uh, tomorrow uh, that I'll have one up. But uh, it will help keep you guys just in, in the loop on what's been going on. And, and maybe you can just hear um, some of my thoughts on the commitment of uh, the two guys that announced their commitments yesterday and what could be happening here over the next uh, few days. Um, first of all, uh, Washington got a commitment from a JUCO defensive lineman by the name of Bryce Butler. He was committed to Arizona. He went to St. Thomas More Prep School in Connecticut, and uh, he just was not very heavily recruited. That's a school that does have some prospects come out of it. They do play IMG. They do play St. Francis. They do play some other prep schools in the area or in the, I'm sorry, in the United States. And um, he just got overlooked in his recruitment. 6'4", 296 pounds, went to Garden City, which is one of the better uh, JUCO programs in the in the country, especially uh, out there in the Midwest in Kansas. And um, I, I did a full write-up on him um, that I will have posted um, probably by before you guys even listen to this on Sunday morning. But um, he, he basically told me, he goes, I could have – I had other opportunities to go to other schools, but Coach Kafusi and I – that's Washington's defensive line coach – Coach Kafusi and I um, had already formed a really strong relationship. SMU, Oregon State, Minnesota, they all came in after he reopened his recruitment, got out of his NLI to um, to uh, Arizona – showed up and um, then the coaches left and kind of like what happened with some of Washington's recruits. And he just decided, hey, you know, I'm, I want to get out of this. I want to just kind of see what my options are. Arizona was an option to return. He did say that he had heard good things about the staff that uh, Brent Brennan was putting together and, and uh, holds no ill will toward them, but just was like, you know, I'm only going to be in school for a year or two more. And, um, why not go with the, the, you know, the coaching staff that I already had a strong relationship with and a strong bond with and everything like that. And 
he just felt that his bond with uh, Coach Kafusi and Coach Fish and the resources at the University of Washington were just the best fit for him. He said, there's just nothing else comparable to what Washington has to offer me. And and so that's why he uh, decided to become a Husky. Uh, he's headed home to Toronto, Canada. That's where he's originally from. Uh, the reason he went to prep school in Connecticut was because he wasn't getting really looked at in high school. Um, so he went to a prep school, but he's headed back to Toronto. He's going to uh, spend maybe a week or two with his family and then come back here and he'll be enrolled in time for the start of spring football, uh, spring quarter and spring football. And uh, he's really looking forward to it. He told me that Washington likes him as a three tech, that he could play three tech. He could do some some nose tackle stuff too, but um, that his, his forte is really getting in the backfield and causing problems both as a run stopper and as a uh, pass rusher. So um, he'll probably combine with whoever, you know, they rotate through that Jacob Bandis, um, Armand Parker, Javon Parker, uh, Sebastian Valdez. We haven't even gotten a look at him. He's the, um, Montana state defensive line transfer that, that came in and, and has thrown his name in the boat. Um, there's also Alinius Davis who will be there. Um, Anthony James was moved inside from playing defensive end, uh, edge for Washington. And so he'll, he'll be in the mix as well. Void to new field, get some reps in there as well. So Washington's got a nice little group. Uh, I don't want to say nice little, these are some big men, but, um, they're, uh, they got a nice rotation, uh, bodies that they can throw through there that that have different skill sets and so um are they productive we don't know yet you know Jacob Bandis has been the most productive of that group and even he hasn't really lived up to the four-star status that he had coming out of high school so I I I hesitate to say this is this is a great group but I do like the makeup of the group. How about that? Um, I think the potential for this group is pretty good. Whereas, you know, maybe three weeks ago, we didn't know what the heck this was, this was going to look like with, uh, Tuli Latuli Nasanoa graduating with, um, MJ Ale graduating, uh, and Washington just, and Fatui Tuatele retiring. And those are the top three guys on Washington in, on Washington's roster at, at the defensive tackle position. So, um, not a good situation, but uh, to get Bryce Butler to come in and be a part of this, now you've got a nice rotation, at least of, in number from a numbers standpoint of Jacob Bandis, you've got Butler, you've got uh, Sebastian Valdez, like I noted, Armand and Javon Parker. Um, neither has made a huge impact, but both have a lot of potential. Alinius Davis is also there. So that's like six guys. Then you've got Voitanufi, you've got uh, Anthony James, who... I've heard is is looking really good in the off season uh, workouts right now. Um, he's still got a lot to learn. I'd say he, he you need to give him another year before you really see much from him since he's playing with his hand in the ground and and more of an interior guy. Um, but um, from everything I hear, he's doing well. So you've got a rotation of five, six, seven guys that you can that you can put in there. And and this spring, it's going to be all about getting those young guys reps. Armand Parker needs reps. Alinius. Davis needs reps. Anthony James needs reps. These guys need reps in practice. You got 15 practices in the spring. You've got workouts in the summer, and then you've got uh, you know 20 or so practices in um, in August that to get them ready for the season. So we'll have to wait and see. But Bryce Butler, huge pickup for Washington. They're going to help them immediately on the on the 
uh, on the field in 2024. One that won't we won't see hit the field probably until 2026 at the earliest. But um, he's gonna he's a big get. Um, was a, a 2025 offensive lineman. Um, out of J. Sarah Catholic, and we'll get to why that name should be um, familiar to you guys. But uh, Jake, Jacob Flores, he's an offensive lineman, 6'6", 278 pounds. He's projected by 247 to play as an interior player, which he could definitely do. I could also see him as a right tackle. Uh, but he's got a lot of length and he's got a lot of size and he can play. He's got very, very light feet, at least from the video that I watched of him, his his highlights and everything like that. Um, looks like a really talented player that Washington was able to get in. Now, one thing is I talked to um, Greg Biggins and after he announced his commitment, I said, did you even know this was coming? And Greg said, no. He had given me a list of five or six schools that he was planning to visit. And guess what, folks? Washington wasn't even one of those schools. So it sounds like um, Brennan Carroll and Jake, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jed Fish and, and a lot of the other uh, coaches that, that were recruiting him worked some serious magic to get him to come up to the University of Washington and visit this weekend. Um, and, or, or, you know what? He, I don't even know if he visited yet. I, I've chatted with him via text. I haven't asked him if he visited. It sounds like he probably did, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I'm supposed to talk to him later today um, and get a full write-up for you guys. So I'll have that as soon as I chat with him and, and uh, get that out to you guys. But um, that's a huge get because he's so versatile. You can play him almost anywhere along the offensive line. He's smart, so he could play center, although you don't have a lot of six six centers. But the, it, it's not like it hasn't happened before. Mateo Mele was six five and a half, six six. Luke Wattenberg was in the six five range, so um, it's not unheard of to have a center that's that's on the taller side. But um, yeah, that's a that's a big get, and he adds his name to Washington's twenty twenty five uh, commit list. Uh, joining Dash Byerly as the only uh, other commit, but um, that's a nice solid start to your offensive line class, which I think is probably going to be four or five. Um, in that class, um, and then Dash Byerly, probably the only quarterback they take in the class. But I guess you never, you never say never. Especially, I don't know the staff well enough yet to to know how uh, uh, they're going to do things. But um, that's that's a nice little start to your 2025 class. Expect there to be 20 to 25 guys in the class, and Washington, I think, has a chance to have a really really good class. From everything I'm hearing, some of the buzz that's going on. Um, there's a lot of people that think that Washington could have a top 15, top 10 class. It, it obviously a lot of things are, are going to be happening over that time. NIL pl- comes into play, all that different stuff. But right now I, I like where Washington stands with a lot of these top guys. So, uh, that's wrapping up those, um, you know, the, uh, two commitments from the weekend, huge pickups for Washington. And you're going to see several more here over the next few days. Um, I, I believe that Pocky Finau is probably going to be, um, putting, pulling his name out of the, uh, portal here pretty soon. He's an offensive lineman out of Oak Hills down in Southern California. He's a really talented kid, can do a lot of different things for you. Play guard, play tackle, depending on what you need him to do. Uh, you know, like, Jake Flores, he's not a guy who's going to impact the roster. Or I'm sorry, impact the lineup um, that much as as we get into 2024 and 2025. It's going to be more that 2025, 2026 
uh, seasons when he'll be able to see the field. He'll he'll redshirt, he'll lift, he'll work on his technique and all those different things. But uh, he was a big time get for Washington even before Coach uh, Kalen DeBoer left. And to keep him and keep him in the fold, I think is going to be huge. So I expect that we're going to hear something from him very soon that he's going to be um, pledging back to stay at the University of Washington. He's already in classes there at the University of Washington. So one way or the other, he's he was going to be here at least through March since he had already started classes. And um, I think he feels really comfortable with the coaching staff. He and I have texted a few times. Um, he really seems to like uh, the new staff, but he also wanted to keep his options open. And I don't think anybody could blame him for doing that. So uh, there's also um, um, a uh, 2024 um commit that to Arizona that reopened his recruitment. He's a wide receiver out of um, Bishop Gorman, and that's Audric Harris. He's a 6'1", 6'0", whatever he is, 180-pound uh, wide receiver. Um, same high school as Romo Dunze and uh, can do a lot of different things for you on the football field. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Romo Dunze, but um, he has a potential to be someone like uh, Jermaine Curse. That's who I've kind of projected him as. Some people have said Jalen Polk. I, I don't think that's a bad comparison either, but he, he glides. He kind of is that long strider when he when he runs, and that reminds me so much of, of Jermaine Curse and the way uh, he was able to do things. So if Washington can get him in the fold too, that would be huge. I think you're going to see a, another running back commit here in the next couple couple days, um, I feel really strongly that Washington did a lot to, um, uh, uh, you know, get Jacory uh, Krosky Merritt. He's a portal running back from New Mexico. He, um, he went home and he's talked over things with his family and he said he'll have a decision here in the next few days. I feel really good about where Washington stands for him. So that's a couple more names. I think you'll see even some more names pop up as well. So um, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, I'm going to get to the uh, Junior Day event that happened today. There are a lot more guys than I initially had been able to uh, confirm uh, that showed up. And uh, there's some interesting prospects that we'll go through real quick. When we come right back, thanks for staying tuned. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, I This is Scott Eklund for Dogman.com. I'm flying solo again. Hadn't planned on doing this two days in a row, but uh, felt like there, enough happened over the weekend or just on Saturday alone that, that would allow me to come on and talk to you guys a little bit more about recruiting. But, um, you know, let's get into the junior day. Washington had scheduled a junior day back when the old coaching staff was here. They had been you know, getting guys to commit to come and take visits. They had had their help their parents schedule flights and all those different things and got it all set up. And then when the coaching staff changed, most of those players canceled. They ended up going to a seven on seven pylon tournament um, down in uh, Las Vegas. They also went down to Oregon's junior day. Several local kids did that. Um, some went to other junior days that are going on at other schools. So um, Washington lost out on a lot, of, getting a lot of those guys up for visits. But most of them have told me that they're planning to come up at another time, maybe in March, maybe in April to check out a spring practice and things like that. So you're going to see a lot of activity in March and in April when things open back up. To, uh, today is the quiet period when players can be on campus but leave. 
And then um, starting on Monday, it's a dead period all the way through March 2nd, I believe. Um, Whatever that Sunday is, that first Sunday of March, um, that's a dead period when recruits can't be on campus, coaches can't be on the road um, watching kids, but they can talk on the phone. They can communicate. They can do Zoom calls. They can do all those kind of things. They just can't meet in person anywhere so but starting in march you can do that again and so that's when you'll see uh visits start to pick up again but let's talk about some of the guys who made it to washington's junior day i said that most of the in-state guys were going to end up heading either down to oregon or going to the seven on seven event or just not come up because washington typically on these junior days washington typically likes to get the out-of-state kids in in house and spend a little more time with them and then have the uh, in-state guys come in during the week. You know, um, someone from Bellevue can just drive 30 minutes, 15, 20 minutes across the bridge and come over with his uh, family and and visit with the coaches and things like that and then go right back home. And so you can kind of fit those in on the weekdays. So usually they held these out for um, out-of-state guys, but Washington still did get a decent group of in-state guys to come. All of them were from, that I'm aware of, were from Bellevue. Uh, Riken Moon, Warren Moon's son, an athlete from the 2025 recruiting class in Bellevue. Um, let's see here. Who else? Bryce Smith, a safety prospect from Bellevue. Will Willie Washer, an offensive lineman from Bellevue who already has offers from like uh, USC and Miami and a few other schools. Um, I'm not saying Washington's on the verge of offering him, but I think you know he's a guy to to keep an eye on. They might uh, extend him an offer. He was on campus. Uh, over the weekend and then those are all 2025 guys that I mentioned the 20 the only 2026 guy that I'm aware of that was on campus was a guy by the name of Demod Lewis he's a uh, edge defensive line prospect out of Bellevue also so there are at least uh you know eight or nine Bellevue guys I believe that were on campus might have been a few less than that but I think it was about eight or nine um and Demod Lewis is the guy who could really be the one that earns the most accolades on the recruiting trail. His brother is Damian Lewis, an offensive lineman from, uh, well, he played it. I'm pretty sure he played at LSU. Maybe it might've been Mississippi. I can't remember where it was, but wherever it was, he got drafted by the Seahawks and he's, he's playing for the Seahawks now. And he brought his two younger brothers with him. Damod is a uh, 2026 guy, and his young and the youngest brother, Diego Lewis, is a uh, is a freshman. So um, those guys are both going to be at Bellevue playing quite a bit and uh, getting a lot of looks from from schools already. Damod Lewis is an absolute stud. He he he's the walk off the bus first guy. Um, I mean, he's the one you want walking off and scaring the crap out of the opponent. Um, he's about six, three, six, four, maybe, maybe a little more, more than that, but, and he was about two sixty when I saw him last and, uh, which was back in September. So I'm sure he could have got a lot bigger, but, um, he's, he's a guy, uh, to definitely keep in the back of your mind. Damad, D-A-M-A-A-D, Lewis, um, is, is, uh, you know, is going to be a big time guy in the 26 uh, recruiting class. As far as out of state guys, the two that I was able to verify before uh, junior day started were Narbonne linebacker Mark Ehenichor. By the way, I got his name uh, pronounced to me by Mark. So uh, it's Mark Ehenichor. And uh, he was up for a visit. He's a four star prospect. He's got a lot of 
a lot of offers, but he doesn't have the big time offers yet. I think that's going to change here very soon, especially as he gets out and sees more schools. And then uh, Mountain Point uh, defensive back Ryan Dillard or uh, Ryland Dillon Allard. Yeah, sorry, start over again. Ryland Dillard Allen um, out of Mountain Point High School in Arizona. Uh, he came up for a visit. That guy is definitely on Washington's board. Um, I don't know if he's at the top of their recruiting board as far as um, uh, cornerbacks are concerned. They have a lot of guys that they really like a lot, but he's one that's right up there. Uh, then there's Desert, Desert Hills uh, linebacker Chris Polu um, from uh, Utah. And he uh, visited the University of Washington as well. And then a tight end by the name of Baron Naon out of West Lynn, Oregon. That's the top, I, to my knowledge, West Lynn is the top program in the state of Oregon. Jesuit, Central Catholic, they always have really good programs. But West Lynn has won several titles over the last few years. And, and Baron is a guy that Washington really likes a lot. Um, and it's pretty obvious because they, they worked really hard to get him to come up uh, for an unofficial visit. There were also a handful of other Bellevue guys that um, I'm not mentioning, not because they're bad players or anything like that. I just am not sure how how much Washington is really after them or, or were they just tag along kind of guys. So still kind of working on that. But that's what I have so far from junior day. Um, I'm not saying that a commitment is imminent or anything from any of these guys, but I think Washington did a really good job. I got some good feedback from these guys as they were leaving campus. And, and some of them have said they, they have, they had the best time and they're, they're really excited about the program and where things are going. Uh, so definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I just want to kind of update you guys on things that are going on. Um, there's going to be a lot of seven on seven events, a lot of tournaments. I'm sorry, a lot of uh, camps that I'm gonna I'm gonna be attending. I don't know about seven on seven, but definitely we'll be attending um, uh, Washington or uh, uh, several of the Under Armour camp events. Probably we one down in California, one in L.A., um, and then one in Dallas. I'm not sure about the Oakland one yet. Um, I'm looking at that one. And then Washington and Utah are two other ones that uh, I'm looking at taking visits to. So, um, you know, and I'll have, you know, lists of guys and things like that for you guys. So do everything I can to keep you guys in the loop and also satiate your hunger for recruiting information. But uh, right now I'm going to sign off. Um Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you have a good rest of your Sunday. Expect Monday to be very busy. I think uh, um, later today we're probably going to find out for sure who the new coaching staff is. And then Monday is probably when they'll be formally introduced. And then, um, you know, things are going to really pick up because Monday, Tuesday are the two days leading up to National Signing Day, which is on Wednesday, the 7th of February. Washington's going to sign a few guys that um, have already committed to them um, in this this part of the cycle. They had, um, I think it was 16 or 17 guys sign in the 2024 uh, class, but several of them have gotten out of commitments. One was Josh Lara, safety. The other was Edge uh, Noah Carter, a... a uh, you know, a guy out of Arizona and out of Texas, so respectively. And so um, Washington had to, you know, kind of make up for some of those losses. And I think they've done a lot to do that. They've addressed a lot of different things. And one thing that you'll hear from Jed Fish when you talk to him, and we've only gotten a very brief amount of time to talk to him, but he's, he's, conf- he's quietly confident about what 
where things stand with Washington, but also what he can do on the recruiting trail, wearing that big W on his shirt, on his purple shirt. So um, I think he feels really good that Washington is in a place where they can, they can definitely care for kids um, and, and recruit guys. And um, I think this staff really gets it on the recruiting trail. They're going to be super, super aggressive. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of roller coasters. And, and Oahu Dog, I'm looking right at you. I know you love those. Um, but uh, And I know there's some people who can't handle them. But um, just get ready, guys. I'm prepping you right now. There's going to be a lot of roller coasters. Because Washington is going to be very involved with some of these uh, high-end guys that are going to be on NIL Watch and all those different things. Um, and Washington, I, I will say it for the umpteenth time when it comes to money, Washington will never lose a recruit because of money. It doesn't mean that they, they'll just throw out millions of dollars to these kids. They're not doing that, but, um, it's gotta be that happy medium. They've got to find the guy who is a really good player, but also doesn't prioritize money over everything else. Money obviously is going to play a factor, but, they don't they're not going to be willing to pay a guy, you know, seven figures to come and play for them out of high school, especially when that guy probably isn't starting. So, um, you know, I I don't think you'll see that, but obviously a lot has changed on the recruiting landscape and and um so whereas you know, when a kid committed, you know, the chances of him decommitting and going somewhere else were very low. I would say I would, I would bet in the five to 10% range at most. And nowadays, I mean, you've got, you've got guys who sign their letters of intent and you still can't know if they're locked in, you know, if you have a coaching change. So anywho, we're going to get out of here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I promise to have my blog up as soon as possible tomorrow and I'll have some more stories for you today later today. So uh, thanks for listening and go dogs.